As the concerns for the security of refugees from Ukraine are increasing, on local matters this week we focus on human trafficking. We are going to have an interview with the organization Time for Equality. We will speak to the Consultative Court for Human Rights here in Luxembourg, who is specialized on this topic. And today we are going to start this little series with Ayo. Ayo herself has experienced human trafficking. She came here to Luxembourg from Nigeria and passed through Turkey and Greece. And she shares with us what she experienced on her way from Nigeria here to Luxembourg, where she works today as a nurse. And the short trigger warning, this interview is about human trafficking and touches also the topic of sexual abuse. Hi, Ayo. Hi. I'm happy that you're here. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Um, you grew up in Nigeria, right? Yes, I grew up in Nigeria, in the western part of Nigeria. Can you tell me, how did you leave Nigeria? I left Nigeria through... Uh, a friend or a lady who wanted to help me and who promised me a better life outside the country. Okay. And um, it was actually by, some of my trip was by road, by by boat. And I took a flight from Nigeria to Turkey. And then from Turkey, I had to go through the boat to get to Greece. So how old were you when you left Nigeria? I should be in my early 20, maybe 19 years old. And did you know this woman? Directly, I don't know her, but I know a friend of hers who introduced me to her. Yeah. And what did your family say that you were just leaving? Uh, my family were not aware of what I was going to do because the lady never mentioned that I was going to do something different from what she told me. She actually told me she's got a shop that she's just gonna assist me I can go back to school so my family were very excited for me and uh, coming from a polygamous family my mother really wanted me to go back to school because my father wasn't training me for school so it was like an opportunity for for me and she was very excited and how did this woman approach you Uh, she actually saw me when I was going to buy something because I actually left my village to go to the bigger city to work as a housemaid. And then the lady usually come to the house because they are friends with the lady who I was working with. And on this fateful day, I was coming from the market. I th yeah, I remember. And I saw her. She was actually coming to visit. She just came back from the country. And she was like, Why are you doing this? You're very beautiful. Would you like to leave the country? I can offer you better life. You know, I was so excited. And, you know, she gave me a number. Don't tell your boss that you're working with. She would not agree. And for me, as a young, naive girl, I just felt it was a, it was a great opportunity for me to leave. So, Yeah, sure. I probably would have done the same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then you arrived in Turkey, right? Yeah, and it was uh, it took a lot of preparation because she has to make uh, the passport for me to leave and the visa and everything. She, I think she has a lot of people who works with her. And I was not just the only person because afterwards I had to 
we had to go back to my village. He has to meet my family, my mother, and there's a certain amount of money I had to pay. And we just felt it was just for the visa, for the passport and everything. And my mother had to sell some of her properties that she inherited from her parents. And then, yeah, I was so naive that I was so excited that I'm leaving the country, starting a new life and everything. And yeah, I arrived at Toki. It was in the winter. It was very cold. And uh, she already told me what to say if I get stopped by the immigration and there will be someone waiting to pick me up. Yeah. Okay, and then what happened? And afterwards, the person picked me up and um, took me to this house. And in this house, there were a lot of girls. And when immediately I arrived in the house, they took my passport. And he said, I don't need it. Okay. And he said... Uh, you're going to be here for a while until the road is clear for you to go. Every time different people come and it's more like a bus station that people come and they go. They don't stay there permanently. So I was there for some time. Did you talk to your parents? At that point in time, no. I had no phone. I had nothing. Everything was taken away from me. So there was no way to contact anyone? No, there was no way to contact anyone. What happened to you in Turkey? In the house where I was living, I was firstly abused by the man I was with. And he told me it's the procedure that he has to sleep with everyone. Yeah, so that was just the beginning. And I started realizing, I don't know what's going to happen. Okay, I felt, okay, if every other person is doing the same thing, okay, no problem. And then when I got to Izmir and also put me in a hotel and then they said uh, I have to be here until it's dark because we cannot actually leave now because of security. I'm like, okay, no problem. So I was in a hotel for two days again. Yeah. Um, how did you feel at this stage? Did you think about running away or was did you just think uh, this is... There was no way I could run away because um, one... I don't understand the Turkish language. Secondly, I have not documented. There was no paper, no identification with me. And deep down in my mind, I still feel that there's something better for me. Maybe she she doesn't even know what I'm going through. Maybe she just she's waiting for me. I just need to go to the other side. Okay, so there was still some confidence. There was still some confidence, yeah. Did you eventually find out who this woman was? Oh, I eventually found out when I got to Greece. How was that? Uh, firstly, the journey to Greece was very um, terrible, was very... Um, it's not something that I wish for anybody to go through because um, we're just in the middle of the water. We don't know the beginning. We can't see the beginning. We can't see the end of anything, you know. It was dark. I was the only lady, the only girl in the boat, and... It's a balloon. Anything could happen. And even when we eventually got to the to the bank of the water, the seashore, I was almost raped by a group of guys as well. I had to scream out loud for the passerby because we had to wait for the police to come pick us up. And it was cold and everything. So before they took us to uh, a camp, a refugee camp, and uh, the next day we had to run some tests and everything. And I was in the highland 
for quite some time. And um, I had just that number, the phone number they gave to me. I had it with me. And the number was to contact the person immediately I get out of the camp. And in Greece, what happened to you? So when I got to Greece and I asked for a telephone just to call the number, it was for a taxi, from a taxi, because leaving the camp, they give us a ticket that we're free to go. So they already took our identity and they gave me a name I had to use. I didn't actually use my real name. So they gave me already a name to use. I had to change my nationality as well. And the idea was because they said, if I use my name and um, my nationality, they're going to take me back. And would you want to go back? I said, no, I don't want to go back. So I had to listen to what they say. I felt they know better. So they gave us this ticket. So we got to Athens. I asked the taxi man, please, can I use your phone to call? And he spoke to the taxi man. And then the taxi man brought me to her. But still with everything that happened to you, you didn't want to go back? I just, uh, why I didn't want to go back was because I had a very terrible upbringing. I lost my virginity at a very young age. I was raped twice. And I had this terrible memory growing up. I didn't have a very good childhood, and I just felt, okay, maybe coming here, everything is going to change. Maybe I'm going to have a better life. Maybe I'm going to go back to school. Maybe I'm going to have a good job. So I was still having this confidence somewhere, but that wasn't just a reality. What happened instead? So when I got there, uh, it took me to this apartment that there are a lot of girls. And then it dawned on me that there is, is something else. And I, at first, I was welcomed, you know, And later evening, I saw the ladies getting dressed to go out, and I was left in the house. For me, I just felt, okay, maybe since she told me I was coming for something else, I just felt, okay, maybe she has to explain to me. She has a business. She has a shop. Since she told me she has a shop, okay, I had that in my mind. And then she came to explain to me the situation I have no document, I have nothing, nothing. There's no way I could actually identify myself. And she also has some guys that works with her that has to follow the ladies to the roadside to work in case any of them want to escape. And in the end, you too had to go on the streets? Yeah, I did. In the end, I, I had to follow the others. I went on the street without paper, without anything, I was on the street. And there are many times that I got, um, I, I got abused, beaten, and many times I gone, guns were pointed at my head, yeah. In the end, how did you get out of there? Oh, I had a very nice customer, I'll say, who um, every time I go with him, I, I always talk to him. Sometimes you, one out of ten can be just one person that could help you, you know. So I have this particular man that's always um, concerned about me, talking to me, and I was always talking to him, telling him everything. I had no phone, so the ladies, they don't want to go near to your client and anything. Oh, no, that client is for her. You don't have to. We have our name. We have our street name. 
We don't actually use our names on the street. We have our street names. I was actually uh, Natasha. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I was Natasha. And um, so that client is for Natasha. You don't have to uh, go near him. So we have our names and we talk to them. So at the beginning, we had security. But on the long run, we were, we were left so alone so we could go with the customer to their houses, to hotel, yeah. And then we were, we were abused by some of the customers, yeah. How do you feel now when you think about this name, Natasha? <laughs> well, I still have PTSD, yeah. And, um, but I have, I'm talking to a psychologist. I have a psychiatrist is what I'm talking to, yeah. It's not something that just... Um, that can easily go away is um, it's part of my life. So this one customer he helped you get to Yeah, you? yeah. We actually planned the escape and everything and I was living in um, in Athens so we were able to plan the escape to Thessaloniki. He helped me and then gave me some money and I I couldn't I didn't take anything because we don't want them to suspect that I was leaving. So I just left the house like I was going to work like every other day. So he helped me. So we got a lot of traffickers who helped people to cross the border to Serbia, to Hungary and everything, yeah. But you were still without passport, without anything? No, I was with nothing. I had no passport, I had no paper, I had no means of identification. I was not just the only person that escaped. Uh, I met other, other girls on the way, and um, we were able to get ourselves um, out. And um, we see these things on TV that people hide in the truck, people, yeah. The reality is, it's true. And we were able to get some traffic who were able to help us. Some were left with, left in Austria, some to Belgium, some to Luxembourg. Just like that, yeah. I was in, I came to Luxembourg. I am, the day I came, it was already late evening, um, and I had nowhere, so I had to stop a police and ask, if they could help me. So they directed me to the immigration center, but it was closed. But I was I was standing there. I told the security I had nowhere to go. I had nothing. I had nowhere to go, nowhere to sleep. So the immigration gave me a paper with an address to go to Don Bosco. That was in 2014. And then now you work as a nurse here? Yeah. So you managed to do to finish your education? I came here. It was really difficult, so I started learning French, went back to school. I've always wanted to be a nurse. Yeah, I've always wanted to work in the healthcare sector. I've always wanted to help people. And um, I went back to school, did the exam the first time I wasn't accepted, and then I did it again the second time, and I was accepted, yeah. Did you tell your family in Nigeria about what happened to you? It was a lot of problem also in Nigeria when my trafficker found out I escaped. Okay. Yeah. It was also a lot of problem because she had to go contact the other lady in Nigeria who went to my mother to make a lot of problem. What kind of problems? Fighting her and telling her if she doesn't produce me, 
I'm going to die. I'm going to run mad. A lot of things going to happen. They started threatening my mother as well. Yeah. But your mother in the end was happy that you were... My mother was not even having my contact. She was also worried. <laughs> I didn't contact my mother until um, an association here, an association de Femme en Détresse, helped me. Because I had nothing. I had no phone number. I had nothing. I lost contact with my mother for a very long time. So we were actually able to get contact with some African community here. And that was how we were able to get in touch with my mother. She in the end was happy that you're yeah, safe and sound. Yeah, she was very happy that I was safe and sound. And she explained everything that has happened to me and everything. Uh, how they threatened her, how they asked her to pay a lot of money. For a very long time, I was actually hiding. Mm-hmm. Because I was scared. I don't know if they know anybody in Luxembourg. I wasn't on Facebook. I wasn't on any social media. Yeah. And now you feel safe? Oh, now I feel safe because uh, most of my interview, I was able to give the name of the woman, a hard dress in Greece and everything. And there was a communication between the Luxembourg and Judicia and the Greece. And I don't know what happened, but I feel safe. Okay, so you actually reported the case to yes, the police? Yes, I did. Have you ever been back to Nigeria, to your village? Yes, I was last year for the first time in 13 years. Okay. Yeah, I was last year. How did it feel like? It was very depressing. I couldn't stay for so long. I planned to stay for one month, but I had to come back quickly because I I was feeling very depressed. So I had to leave. Was it because of the the environment or your memories? Or? The memories. I I had my medications, but... I had a very terrible flashback and I was admitted in the hospital for the psychiatrist ward for like three weeks, about a month, because I was having a suicidal thought because all of the thing I went through just came back. Mm. Yeah. Well, thanks a lot for sharing your story. You're Hi. welcome. And all the all the best for your life. Thank you so much. Thank you.